Mm. Oh, a podcast. We, we should, should do a podcast. Should do a podcast. Should do a podcast. Should do a podcast. <laughs> so, we are doing a cheeky little chat. A cheeky little chatty. For our article. Yeah. Um, about how we ended up at our photo shoot, which is actually a really interesting thing. I kind of have forgotten the whole how process. We... Like, where did it start? Because I know the whole day, like, the best buns thing. Yeah. So we did, we were like... So so the practical start of it was you wanted to do best buns. Yeah, because I've wanted to do it since. I've always I thought I've wanted to do it as well. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. thing. Is I thought I wanted to do it. And um, and then you said, do you want to do best buns with me, mm-hmm. to me? Yeah, because I was like, let's get some curves in there. Not to invalidate Not any to... of the bodies. Straight up and down women are also real women. Curvy women are also real women. All women are real women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preach. Preach. But... Um, no, not but, but like, it has often felt a little bit sort of, uh, whenever I see on Best Bums with Cambridge, curvy girls are girls who aren't like super slim or athletic. It's kind of like, ah, it's me. <laughs> it's like, no, it, yeah. you know, representation matters and yada, yada, yada. But um, then I think obviously we abandoned that best bum plan. Yeah, because Daily Mail reports on it. Yeah. And I think that's also like a really <clears throat> I mean, I thought originally that I just didn't like the idea of the Daily Mail getting hold of it because I felt mm. kind of invaded and like I thought it was mm-hmm. sleazy and I just thought of privacy is, you know, being intruded on. Mm. But then the more I think about it, the more that I would think that any kind of positive effect on my confidence that I would have garnered from submitting and enjoying being mm-hmm. a best arms would just be taken away for by someone else using my body for their own gain yeah I think it's like the the profit that comes from it and the fact that it makes money as a th- as a thing um because it's the daily mail and even the tab you know and the fact the way it's framed as a, as a competition like even if you strip away the 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 daily mail aspect of it it's still like um, a competition where people vote on the best bun, and it's like, and there's always going to the, be the, someone the, who didn't win. Exactly, and the whole reason we, I think, we were both interested in it was like the kind of the bravery that it takes to submit and put yourself out there and just be like, yeah, I have a great bun, and everyone should know, and it's kind of funny, and then it's like, but actually, the fact that it's a competition then just far outstrips that. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I'm interested to see, well, obviously we can't see, but um, I would have been interested to see what would have happened if we had submitted those photo, or, you know, the bum photo of us mm. to Best Bums, because, A, you know, A, I would have been interested to see people's reactions, and also, how would it have made us feel in the long run to have, to have this judgment, and whether it... I, I don't know about you, but I don't think... I don't know if it would have given me as much confidence as I imagine. No. Because I feel like it's not a judgment that you can control. It's not... It doesn't... It's not yours anymore. Whereas I think that this photo shoot we did is very much... Yeah, and the fact that even the, the whole way through, we've just been like... So we take the photos and then we sit on them for a while and we kind of go, okay, like these are amazing. And we look at them ourselves and we show our friends. And then I posted one of them to Instagram, but there was this massive conversation about like which one and are we ready for this and blah 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 and then it was like I went and, through my whole I audience. curated my whole Instagram 
list of followers and removed anyone who I didn't want to, like as in people from my past who I don't know anymore and I just removed them mm-hmm. from my followers um and now every t- time I accept someone new who's requested me I think about so do I I think I really really think ca- about it, this, it, yeah. it changes how my how I think about who I want to be seeing my Instagram it's interesting to think that I clearly didn't value the the um content that I was putting out before that mm. and I don't know if that's because I've been so conditioned to be ashamed of nudity and, and be like oh well how is this going to affect me later in life or whether it's more about my fear of being judged on mm. my body and my sort of protection over my pride but it's it's straight I always do think about when people do follow me and I'm much slower to accept a follow request now because I'm thinking kind of think about it for a bit do I know them well enough yeah. will I know them for long enough mm. but it's also interesting like one of the because obviously as you say it was a long process and we had extensive conversations about you know how do we put this up where do we put this up like how do we put this up and I remember mm. one of the earliest rules of it was you saying um I don't want we can like you know check well we, we when we first started showing people it was very much like every single person we showed was like can mm. I show Tabitha mm. this photo whereas I think now we understand like who's seen them but I remember also you said um rulers don't show them to boys to try to chirp them. oh my god yes that was the thing wasn't it and I think that is such a good thing because you could so easily be like cheeky oh, wink yeah, wink hey, check out this new photo like, shoot yeah. I did but then I think it's so important, and this relates back to like the best fun things. Like it's mm. not there. That's not why for we did it. Consumption. It's for my projection, and mm. it's not there to be judged or evaluated, even if that is positively. Mm. And it's not inherently a sexual thing. It's, no, it wasn't at all. But yeah, it's, it, I it think isn't. it's good to be like, yeah. no boys. And like it, now that it is now that I have one up on Instagram, like I will show it to my friends who aren't on Instagram, or if it comes up in conversation. I mean, I have family on Instagram. Yeah, like, like yeah. I will sometimes show. Yeah, same. And like I, I will sometimes show someone that I'm flirting with, but it's like only ever the one that I have already posted, and it's not just any old one. Like it's someone that I, if if it comes up in conversation and it just it it's a different thing it's like it's not like the kind of it's you judge it as you go along don't you about who you want to see it and who you don't and I think we both have a pretty good judge of a pretty good gauge of yeah I think the longer that we have been in possession of these photos and obviously also these photos and the act of doing this photo shoot has become quite a significant moment in our friendship mm. and so much of our conversation I think revolves around the in like the feelings that led us into the photo shoot and the results of the photo shoot Mm. so obviously we're going to be aware of uh, more aware of the suitability of where it's going to be put because I feel like we're both very engaged within the action of it yeah totally because it wasn't just like a fun thing a fun thing in action we talked about it It a a lot beforehand and we've talked about our bodies a lot for months months and months and months yeah, I think that was the main point of us bonding in terms of, because obviously we've both struggled with weight gain since you've come to uni mm-hmm. and like cycling around to trying to accept that. And obviously it doesn't happen in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that was very important. That was a big significance. And obviously we were talking about how both of us, upon doing this photo shoot, were not at all slimmest. <laughs> yeah, there was this really lovely moment when we were, you know, out there um, and we just kind of like realised in that, in as we, as we were doing it, you know, I'm really glad that we are not, you know, at the exact sort of physical appearance that we would necessarily want to be as in like in the kind of like in the way that we can fall prey to wanting to be um because it's no matter how body positive we try and be you obviously have like moments and feel better in some sometimes and less good in others yeah um but it was like we have these photos now forever of us with our little bellies yeah and I love my belly in this one I've, whatever, yeah. you know. and I've never like accepted my belly before because mm. um <clears throat> even when I was quite slim and had virtually no belly there's there was always a mentality of I'm striving to be thinner and this isn't the best that I can do whereas being bigger and accepting the belly and accepting the wobble mm. is extremely freeing once you acknowledge there's because because when I thought about doing the photo shoot my I had a weird flash of old instinct of um because we'd sort of decided to do it maybe like just under a week in advance I think mm-hmm. and I'd and my immediate thing was like if I don't, you know, if, if I only eat, like, broccoli for the next mm. few days, then, then I'll, my stomach will be just a bit flatter and I'll feel more comfortable. Before I sort of kind of immediately was able to bash it away and was like, no, wait, hang on, I haven't done that in yeah. yet. That's so weird, no. Yeah. Um, There's something so... about that exposure that brings up old kind of insecurities and you have to... Yeah. And I even found, like, looking at the photos, like, I could simultaneously see them as being really beautiful and we look like forest spirits prancing around having a great time but um I also simultaneously was like I look more um just I'm not even to be honest it's not even worth going into but I don't look as exactly how I would want to and then it was a process of looking at those photos and going that's ridiculous mm-hmm. kind of thing as in like yeah I need to just if I can look at these photos and think that and these are so honest and joyful and beautiful I actually just need to stop kind of thing yeah I think to me it's if I in a, in a way if if I looked at these photos and was and thought oh, um, what if these photos have been taken at a time where I would look at them and think, my body looks really good, like I'm looking quite, you know, Mm. slim. That would probably be an indicator of an extremely unhappy person because it takes so much energy out of me to look that way. And so actually, even though I've got to sort of stop this knee-jerk reaction of looking at it and being like, Mm. oh, I can see my wobbles, it, it means that I'm not channeling all my energy into starving myself, which is the only way that I personally am slim. I know that everybody yeah. is different. And so yeah. there are many, many people who 
are just naturally slim or through having a very athletic lifestyle are slim but for me whenever I'm slim it's, it's through tremendous mm. exertion exertion and effort that I don't and need to be putting into it but um there's yeah. a yeah and like you're saying with the joyfulness like there's a photo of us that I'm really sad that I, I mean, I don't want to upload it because it's just full frontal nudity, but yeah. there's a really lovely photo of us, the one where we're just standing hand in hand. It's so and we're sweet. Just, we're it's both lovely. absolutely we're grinning. beaming yeah. <laughs> with happiness. Cause, and, me, and maybe it was one of the times when the... It was when, possibly when a cyclist went past and yeah. there were those there were those um, oh God, the, school, the school girls, school girls like who just staring. stopped. Because <laughs> most people just like... Like it's only like 70 cyclists went past and most of them didn't even around look. 60 and it was didn't so notice surreal anything was going on yeah. because it was like you have no idea what you cycled past today it it's strange that uh the two the only people so i think the schoolgirls were the only ones who literally stopped mm. to look other people sort of double double turned did a heads. double take and then carried yeah, on but, the school, on but it's interesting that it's two women mm. in similar age to us who mm-hmm. find this the most shocking and like cause for and i think it's also unsurprising because mm. it's like oh my god how would you like how would you do that why would you do that which is obviously speculation but like i know if i had seen that when i was a teenager i've been i would have been like <gasps> i just can't even imagine doing something like that yeah um so mm. what was your relationship with your body in your teenage years like mm, good question <laughs> uh so i was very very slim as a teenager um, because we just didn't have snacks in my house. And I realised sort of in the last couple of years that I have inherited most of my insecurities about my body from my mum. So she would always, when I was growing up, be like grabbing at her like fat and commenting on her arms and just like hating her body very visibly in front of me. And saying her heart, her thighs were disgusting and whatever. And, like, my mum is, like, she's big. She's very curvy. I've never thought of her as ugly ever in my life, obviously, as you just don't. Um, but she just really hates her body. Um, and I see pictures of her when she was a teenager, and she has a very, very similar body to me now. Um, and... Because I was so, you know, so my mum never had snacks in the house because of her own sort of like constant diets and stuff. So I always thought I was like, oh yeah, I have a really high metabolism and blah, blah, blah. And I, I didn't particularly feel that self-conscious as a teenager when I was like 15, 16, 17. Um, but I always thought I had big legs and I have a very complicated relationship with my bum because it was, I have a big bum and people would touch it and comment on it constantly without my permission and I felt very, like, my space was invaded constantly. But I also enjoyed the validation of it, and it was a very complicated thing. But then when I, the summer before I came to university, I put on, I I say a significant amount of weight in that it was a, it changed how I looked. And I also grew, like, in terms of my bones. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, just, like, I grew, I was older um and I didn't fit into my clothes and I was very very depressed for a myriad of reasons um but this one was sort of the most sort of full frontal one and suddenly I had all of this language with which to hate myself and to hate how I looked and it was all inherited from my mum so like when she she'd always hated her arms and I never thought that arms 
I never thought about my arms. Mm. And then suddenly, as soon as they looked like hers, I did. That was a really complicated relationship with your mum. Totally. Like, I... Not so much at the time. Well, at the time, it was really tough because I would say to her, like, oh, my God, I feel so fat. And she would say, oh, you only need to lose, like, a like a few pounds and then you'll be back to normal. And she always talks about this idea of normal and, like, you have this automatic body size that you should be. And she was like, I love my curves. I've, I've always been curvy. I just hate all this fat on top of them. Or like, And it's, like, this idea that you have the correct body size that you need to return to. Mm. Um, it's sort of a, a an incredibly complicated version of the idealised female form. It's like, okay, great, we've progressed past this idea that there's only one acceptable female body, but now we each have our own yeah. standard that's um, put upon us. And then that's almost harder to overcome because we can't... We've already, you know, as a as a gender are kind of pushing against this idea of the one idealised woman. And, mm-hmm. You know, that is coming more to the forefront. But if the idea that... There's a, there's one right body type individually for everyone. For each person, and they can't deviate from that. That's like, I can't even it, wrap my brain around that. That's terrible. Cre- like it's so pervasive and so unavoidable once you have that idea sewn in your in your mind. Um and so I just it was like where bef- before I'd always always wanted to be like my mom and she like the I wrote an article about this and I always remembered that I used to really hate my eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Which is such a sort of like a kid thing to not like because I because I couldn't frown properly and it just they just went straight rather than arch and I was like I don't look angry enough so like I didn't like my eyebrows for that reason um and then I and I didn't understand where they came from I just there was something about the fact that I didn't know where where I who I'd inherited them from mm-hmm. because my mom and dad both had different different eyebrows to me no one in my family had them and then I saw like a little passport photo of my mom when she was like eighteen. And she had exactly the same eyebrows as me. And I realised, you know, now she's, like, plucked them so much throughout mm-hmm. her life that they've now sort of changed shape. And I didn't mind them after that. And it was really strange that it was, like, as soon as I knew they came from my mum, I didn't mind them because I just wanted to look like her and I wanted to be like her. Um, but then as soon as I put on weight, suddenly it was, like, I didn't, you know, inherited this aspect of her I'd inherited her insecurities. It wasn't even that I didn't want to look like her specifically. It's just that all of the language that she'd abused herself with over the years, I had just, like, stepped into. Like, like finding it in her wardrobe. Just put it on. And it fit very, very well. Mm. Um, I inherited it. Yeah. So, that was very, very tough to overcome because it wasn't even a negative voice that I had built up myself. It had just been, like, been prepared for me years in advance um and so then like it's been a very very long process and there's an ongoing process of disagreeing with that voice not even trying to get rid of it because I don't think you can but just shouting it down (laughs) and introducing the positive voice that gets louder and louder and louder and you have to be very proactive about it and this was this photo shoot was one of the most proactive things I've ever done in terms of body positivity, and it came in a week. That was the most empowering week maybe of my life. Especially because we got piercings Because we got the piercings day the day before. And I got a belly button piercing so that I would... Because my friend wrote the most beautiful poem um, about a woman with jewels in her folds and her between her breasts and her thighs and whatever. <clears throat> and I thought I'm going to take that literally and put mm. a, a jewel in my belly because it's the thing I feel most self-conscious about 
And then it had the very practical effect of meaning that I have to, <clears throat> while it healed, I had to wear my belly out. Or wear baggy clothes, but I don't like wearing baggy clothes because it makes me feel drowned and, yeah, and covered up. Yeah, and exactly. Ashamed, yeah. <clears throat> so I went with low low trousers and crop tops and <clears throat> ended up within a couple of weeks just feeling like my whole relationship to my belly has changed. Yeah, I remember you were so happy when you were wearing your low slung yeah. leggings and like my baggy trousers around I just felt very like it's exhilarating naughty yeah it was really, really naughty naughty <laughs> it was good fun and I just now I like I never thought I could wear low waisted trousers and now I'm like yeah all the time why not um, I haven't worn high waisted trousers for a couple of months now do you miss them yeah I do yeah yeah so that was my weight journey leading up to the you know you know sort of nutshell leading up yeah. to the photo shoot what was yours? Anyway, the thing about me is as much, so I'm, so I'm, I'm quite tall, mm. not tall, not tall enough in the way that you'd you know, double take if you saw me, but tall enough that you might comment on it if conversation was lagging, kind of thing. <laughs> and like, because, and that's something that I've always struggled with. Not because I had such an issue with being tall, but being tall made me automatically bigger because that's just how it works. You're not going to be the same width as someone who's five foot three if you're verging on five foot nine that's just not how bodies work it's not that you just stretch upwards you have to diagonally enlarge <laughs> rather than just upwards so for me a lot of it was I didn't like taking up so much space with my body and I felt that I had to be skinny because I was tall because because I, I just couldn't in in my sort of teenage brain I couldn't fathom taking up both height and width it just mm. I, I just felt incredibly hulky and I don't know I guess part of me wanted to take up small space physically because then I felt better about taking up more you know auditory space or mental space and that's a part that I like to take up but so I basically grew up have always been relatively chubby is what I would say I was chubby when I was younger and that's just because not because I ate badly but because I ate big portions I ate well I've got a, siblings who are a lot older than me I used to eat the same amount as them that's just what's going to happen and then when I was around 16 um I lost a, a lot of weight sort of around up to two stone over a summer because I got a partner play and I couldn't stand the idea that I'd be up on stage in a leotard at the size that I was and, and you know, I hadn't really discovered Bopo, body positivity and all that, so I thought I'd have to, have to be slimmer and so and everyone responded really well and I confused I think I confused well, I, I put at people's really positive responses and the endorphins because I lost weight doing exercise and dancing, doing something I loved. And obviously being just looking in a mirror and thinking I look a bit healthier. Mm. And I'm 
pushed that all into one and thought, well, the only thing that's changed about me is I've lost weight. And I thought that was the sole reason that I felt better rather than all of these different reasons. So then I just continued to. <clears throat> so I became quite slim and I just, I mean, I just felt very good about myself. But I really, and as a result of that, just pushed aside how exhausting it was to keep up this weight you know constant weight control and looking back at it is ridiculous and me and my friends my school friends joke now like how did none of us notice how much effort we were all putting in to stay thin like I you know I, I, I was not eating a proper diet but like which is ridiculous but so anyway obviously once I came to uni and drank alcohol regularly and c- could was not in, in a controlled environment obviously I gained weight and I didn't I ref and because I kind of refused to accept it for the first you know six eight months I just tried to quick fix it and obviously that's not going to work and that's just more damaging and so then obviously just kept gaining weight and so I ended up you know kind of the way I am now which I'm fine with now and I don't mind and I'm very happy with having thick thighs and a big bum and a smaller waist because that's my shape and that's the shape that I've always held no matter what weight I'm at but at the moment I'm just holding more chunks on the frame Mm. um but yeah it's it's taken a long time to realize that it's okay to be bigger and it's also okay to have a fluctuating weight i think that's this is a big aspect of it actually yeah is, is is as soon as you become okay with one way you look then you sort of just change because yeah circumstances change and my appetite is constantly changing based on yeah. how busy i am or you know I... time of year it is and that accepting that your weight will continue to change i think is this is the scariest but also kind of the most freeing part of it exactly going i am never going to stay this size i changed weight before uni because i was 17 and then i wasn't 17 anymore yeah i mean yeah i i change weight day by day if i'm bloated or not or, or shape day by day if i'm bloated or not like and i think and I used to think that it was a terrible thing to say, oh, I've gained weight, as mm. if someone wouldn't notice. You know, it's like there's no shame in gaining weight and there's no shame in losing weight unless, mm. you know, it, it's for unhealthy reasons. And even then, there's no shame in it. No, like, it's, just it's, not it's just not the most positive light. Yeah. But I think... I'm going to have chocolate on your no, neck from your T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So like yeah, so wait, you know, I'm bigger now. I'm probably the biggest I've ever been now, and I'm actually so okay with that because I know mm. that a that's fine. Mm. B, I could go up. C, I could go down. Like it doesn't really matter, and mm. it's I'm, and I know exactly why I'm bigger now because I've been less mobile and because I've wanted to lead a more steady state life because I'm looking after my mental health mm. and that you know has to take precedence and you can't. keep physically you know thin all the time and it's funny what you're saying like um about how body once your body changes you know 
you want the body you used to have or <clears throat> you always want what you don't have, which is what I was saying to you earlier about when I was slim. Um, I, so I am what got could call a pair. I think we both are. Both yeah, pair shapes, both carry most of our weight from the waist down. Yeah. And um, so obviously my hips are bigger than my boobs, which I love now. Mm. I absolutely adore it. Same. Um, I used to be so, so, like, I used to think I was out of, that was the thing when I was a teenager. I thought I was out of proportion with myself. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. as if you put, like, one top half with, like, you know, those games where you s- switch up the top half yeah. and the body half, the yeah. half of the bodies. That's what I felt like. Yeah. Whereas now it just makes perfect sense. Mm. Yeah. Like it just. It does. Because that's how bodies work. <laughs> yeah. They're just like. They're not. They're not symmetrical. symmetrical. Yeah. But yeah. Like I remember thinking. Because I have smaller boobs. I was thinking. Well I just need to be slim enough. So that my tummy's less than my boobs. And therefore I need to be really slim. Because I have quite small boobs. And I always used to wish like. Oh, if only I could take some thigh mm. put it on my boob and, and and yeah and obviously now I'm bigger I do have bigger boobs and at first I was like oh cool bigger boobs but now I'm like god I miss my little boobs yeah. you know like I think that thing of like fluctuating and like wanting what you don't have is I've almost reached a point where like when I lose weight never by I don't ever lose or gain weight by choice now um Mm. and I actually um I don't like to realize that I have changed yeah because you don't like people commenting on your weight change my weight change it makes me feel really uncomfortable and I just thought like I don't want this to be a story I don't want to think about it I just I'm the way I am right now and I might notice it one day or I might not um but I do when I have lost weight I sort of miss there are certain clothes that I can't wear that don't fit me when I'm smaller mm-hmm. and there are my hips are less wide and stuff like that like it's it's kind of um and my boobs are smaller and it's like there are things that I'm learning to appreciate about when I'm bigger yeah bigger um and I'm sort of squaring up to the fact that like I think it's it's always baffled me that it's like they say we stop growing when we're like when we finish puberty and it's like well we don't definitely don't stop changing like yeah. we don't stop growing as people which I know is kind of an enough idea but it's like you know we don't stop growing as people and we don't our bodies don't stop changing size or shape mm-hmm. and when we reach our 30s we are going to be a different shape from when we're in our 20s and then if we have children, then our bodies will change. Or even if we don't, like, you're still... And when you're 40, 50, 60, like, your body's just never going to stop changing. It's never going to stop fluctuating. And that's the changes that just are kind of come to everyone from yeah. age and from, you know, just the life cycle and how your body does change. And that's not even taking into account the smaller, non-universal changes that everyone's bodies go through, yeah. such as, like, a hectic job or... like going vegan if you choose to do that or mental health or study like I find that obviously I'm not very active I sit in a fucking library (laughs) for as much as I can a day Cambridge is the reason I'm big (sighs) but yeah it's just like 
your body definitely doesn't stop changing and ever. Even if you were to stay the same age forever, so not, far, not impossible. Tomorrow. Your body would yeah. still age, change depending on what you were. Totally. How you were living and what you were doing. And I think part of this body positivity, like, at the time when I first was getting into it, it was to I was depressed and I felt so unhappy and I was fed up of being unhappy and I was like, this is just miserable and I don't want to be miserable. And so it was kind of like, how can I pull myself out of this? And like, I either, I when I when I arrived at university, for example, and all my clothes didn't fit, I was like, either I can lose weight and fit into them again, which knowing me is just not going to happen because I have no self-control or like self-motivation to mm. like exercise or diet or anything. I've never had any interest in it. Or I can buy new clothes and accept the size that I am. And then that was a very, very difficult thing to do, but I'm glad I chose that option. Yeah. Um, and then now, because I'm kind of like at a point where my weight can fluctuate between, so I don't have no idea. I have no idea if I look, if my weight has reached points that are the same as when I was depressed. I feel a lot smaller than I did then, but I think it's because fat is a feeling. Fat, oh, fat definitely is a feeling. Even Such a feeling. Cause like I can be the same, I can be smaller than I was at a different point and feel fatter, um, and vice versa. Um, but I... Uh, what was I saying with that? Um, now it feels now because I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm still doing the work even though I could probably get away with not doing it. I'm still thinking about it on a regular basis even though I'm not thinking about my weight on a regular basis, because it feels like preparation for when my body will next change significantly, mm-hmm. and I'm scared that I won't be prepared for it. And that's why I want that's. To bring it back to the photo shoot, that's why I'm so glad we did it because I feel like I just have never ever had any kind of objective frame of reference for how I looked at any one point. Mm. I look back through photos on Facebook and I'm like, these aren't of my whole body. These aren't. These are. Uh, this is tainted with how I was feeling in that moment or like just like those kind of you know and like those kind of full body photos just so that like it's not even to compare yourself to yourself it's just to be like that's how I looked then and I and I look back on photos of myself from that year when I was depressed and I there were some photos that made me want to weep I just thought I looked so terrible and I look at them now I'm like I actually just look fine my perception of myself is more consistent Mm. yeah and my confidence is more consistent and it fluctuates less even though my weight is fluctuating more my self-perception has become less sporadic i say i think you know i would say my confidence is like you more consistent Mm. but i'm interested to see if it's just consistent because i've been steadily gaining rather Mm. than fluctuating and at the moment i'm trying to move more just for so you know mental health rather than yeah. anything else and obviously with moving more it's probably going to come with a slight drop in weight and I'm very interested to see if that brings with it a slight up in confidence mm. and I don't know if I'll be glad about that or not because obviously it's always nice to have more confidence but then it will mean that my confidence is still inversely proportional to my weight mm. which I'm not sure how okay with I am but then I should just look at it as more confidence yay Hmm. For me, I confidence surrounding clothes is not just centered on, you know, how revealing they are or what they reveal or how they look. It, for me, I it's what they say about your style and yeah, I mean, like I, yeah, and and for me, it's clothes that I can 
moving best mm-hmm. and even, you wear a lot of swishy things and I a lot do of like lot of swishy things. I wear a lot of wide leg trousers. Yeah, I don't same. like wearing tight or I never tight wear tight trousers. Tight I wear yeah. leggings because they're easy move trousers. Yeah. Because I lunge a lot. Yeah. And I like to kick a lot. Yeah. Because that's how I express myself and my body. And that comes back to the taking up space thing. The, Much, I think you I've, have learned how to take up space I've physically. No, well, yeah, I've noticed more now that I'm now sitting with my legs spread. Oh, I do that. I love it. And in terms of taking up space, it's the idea of like diminutive. Okay. <laughs> so you know diminutive. Yeah. What's the noun of that? Oh, Diminu- I don't even know diminu- how grammar works. Diminutivity. <laughs> you know, or diminutiveness or whatever. That that thing. That, thing. that, yeah, that noun word. of diminutive. Yeah, and it's that thing like diminutiveness is was so so much of a central part of my idea of femininity and f- mm. the female, and I always thought of as taking up space as extremely masculine, and I used to, for some reason, <laughs> in this binary society, just have this great fear of being seen as masculine, which I already thought I was at a disadvantage at for mm. being a tall girl, you know, with broad shoulders and. Now, I revel in the idea of embracing typically masculine parts of me mm. because they're the parts that have been afforded attention mm-hmm. in this day and age. And so, and the idea that marrying my femininity with what I perceive as traditional masculine is just incredibly freeing. So, feminine. And the female doesn't have to be diminutive and it doesn't have to be <clears throat> compact. It can take up space and it can be big. And there's nothing... And that's not to say it can't also be diminutive mm-hmm. and compact, but then masculinity can also be diminutive. Yeah. And, and it, we need to stop tying ideas of size and shape yeah. to one gender. Totally. Um I was going to say something about the clothes thing, relating it to the photo shoot, that I think that was one of the things that was quite interesting about it, is that so much of accepting your body, at least in the first stages, is the clothes that you wear. But then you take that next step is like when you can't, there are no, there's no kind of like tricks, there's no nothing to be like, no, you're not drawing attention to any particular part of your body mm. and so if you wear something high-waisted then it obviously draws attention to your waist mm-hmm. yeah which is is not like a it's not like a trick in the sense that it's an illusion but or not just, true but it's just like a particular way of your you body the, looking you get the choice of how you want to be it's presentation you get yeah, the choice of how you totally. want to present yourself and everyday society whereas with our with our photo shoot is stripping all of that away um, so um, I uh, suggested the location because it's where me and my friends have gone for barbecues and stuff. Uh, not barbecues, like bonfires. And didn't realise until afterwards the kind of significance of the stru- the little hut that we were posing What in. is it? What? It used it... to be like a viewing thing. Um, so the thing about um, the the neoclassical hut is that it's like done in the style of like Greek classical architecture of like the pointed roof and the pillars and blah blah blah. But it was built in the twenties. Hmm. I think. Or something around then. And then uh the thing about the way we both sort of the figures we both have is that we've kind of got the Renaissance bodies. 
Ruben-esque. Yeah, like thick thighs, soft bellies, small boobs, pear-shaped. Beauteous. Divine. Goddesses. <laughs> um, but then we also have, we had our piercings, so we have piercings and we have modern haircuts and we're wearing makeup and... Well, you weren't wearing makeup, actually. No, I wasn't. I this was because I'd come from a, I'd come from a night out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like hungover. <laughs> but yeah, we we both like scrub my makeup. We'd both just got the day before these, and I think we both got characteristically quite modern piercings. It's yeah. not like we came with. I mean, we both. Have, I mean, you can't see them in no, the photo really. If you zoomed in, you probably. Even if you zoomed in, like if you if you weren't looking for them, you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't notice. Them. And, and it's not like we came with ear piercings. So you got a belly button piercing. I got a nipple piercing. And yeah. They are quite. Modern, metropolitan yeah, modern totally. but so it was kind of it was pretty cool that it it was this kind of synergy between the fact that we have these kind of like the we both have figures that were in fashion yeah, way it's back quite when fortunate because it's just incredibly it i don't know if it's just me because i do our history and so i to me it just looks right mm. and i don't know if it's just very satisfying to me because of looking at all of these art history examples i don't know if someone who didn't have that kind of familiarity would find it as satisfying mm. but i just find it looking extremely harmonious yeah and, and i think just it's just works. so perfect it that it works oh and this is another thing about art is that something that we haven't mentioned about why we did it was we were thinking so i follow a lot of like erotic artists on instagram and body positive uh, plus size models and blah blah blah, um, because as as was which was something that I was doing, for the like that I've been doing for the last couple of years to try and redefine my terms of beauty, in how I apply them to other people so that I can then apply them to myself, um, and I think part of it was being like okay I am maybe not so happy with how I look or like I. Have I have you know these this complicated relationship with my weight, um. So I'm going to record my body as art. Yeah, it's it was making something. It wasn't just about accepting our bodies for being beautiful. It was making something that was beautiful even outside of our individual. Yeah, and like the photos are gorgeous. They're such beautiful. Oh, stunning! And like the light is beautiful. And like the setting and the framing and everything, credit to Rupi, 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 Ruby Redding. Rupi, cool. <laughs> Even there, you can tell that for some reason, I don't know why, maybe I was breathing in, I've sucked in there and I look so uncomfortable. Yeah. That's so funny. Yes, and then see. the next picture is amazing because I'm not sucking in. Yeah. Because um, you told me this about this gazebo, this is what I thought you were going to say, because mm. wasn't it made by... Oh, it was a that man. guy. So yeah, yeah a man, because his daughter used to go swimming in the river, yeah. and a man, and and her father, made this gazebo <coughs> so he could sit there and stop, make sure people weren't staring at his young daughter mm. swimming. Obviously, you would think either naked or in scanty their clothes, and I just thought it was funny that this. Oh, if this story is true, it's funny that this is created to stop people looking at <laughs> a nude female body. That's and here so we are intentionally flouting those rules. In the middle of the day. Well, 7am. Oh, no, it was a prime commuter time, as we found out. 
Look at our little bellies. Our bellies are lovely. They're so sweet. I love how you can tell my boobs are asymmetric. Or maybe mm. I just know because I know they're asymmetric. I love you can, you can tell how, how really my boobs are asymmetric. Clear, yeah. Because that is something that I view as identifying myself. Obviously, I told you, like, I chose which side to have my nipple piercing on. Yeah. In, in context of I want it on the higher up boob because I don't want it to look like it's dragged, the nipple down. Is dragged it down. I don't want it to look like it's like so heavy. Oh, it's the it's final. Dragged down one of the boobs. Like when it is, get all stretched out. I think also with these photos, like we are posing, but we're posing in ways that are very playful. Also, we're posing in ways that you can tell we've thought of the poses. You can tell someone hasn't posed us. They're very yeah. They're just like we just us. did. Kind of Ruby was just like now, stand by that tree and look out the window. Blah blah blah. Yeah, like, it, it was, she did. Was she wasn't like stick your stick your bum. Like it was nothing. Like. It, oh my god, that was amazing. That was there's what there's this incredible photo where Martha's flapping her arms, and they like in cart you know in like cartoons where the arms just become a blur. It looks like she's about to take I do flight. Think like a hummingbird, you look like hummingbird. That's exactly what you look like. This should so be a podcast. I love how you this. It's just like there's this great project. We're just <laughs> it's like there. we're really like recording this for ourselves. Yes, I'm saying it's like how they are posed, but they're still us, mm. and that means that. So something I have to explain to people, well, my views on to people so much is like, so I consciously present myself in ways that extend much further beyond my body presentation mm. in many different situations. Like I, I pander two types of humour that I'm in, in certain crowds and I, and I do change, adjust my discourse for certain, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for certain people and, and someone a while ago, kind of tried to call me out of that on that in a very negative way and they were like you don't and they were saying you know you're you're being very false to people and you know you're you're acting like this is you but I know that's not you and I was like just because it's not it's not you know a 100% consistent part of my personality doesn't mean it's not me like I'm not being a fake person there are forms of presentation and transient presentation in all aspects of life and Mm. just because this isn't how I would act if I was laying in my bed or like you know just because it's not my waking they're up all state truthful. doesn't mean it's not true they're all yeah. shades of yourself I was having this conversation with my my friend Fran mm-hmm. who came to Edinburgh who I've grown up with and she I think often thinks about how she presents differently with different groups of people and I kind of have, I think about it quite a lot because I tend not to I think I'm quite consistent mm. um which comes with pros and cons but I think there is this idea that when you are different with different people that you're being false in some way but it's like you're just adapting and it just it's yeah. just that different people bring out different parts of you and you're playful with one person and then you have serious conversations with because another and then you are flirtatious with one person and then yeah. purely platonic like why on earth wouldn't because to not bring out different things account, of yourself to, to not and yeah it, it made me very angry when this person yeah. brought it up because I was like to not take into account that one could possibly be different in different situations. I just view as extremely naive. Like, like, like as if you you have to be one hundred percent one version of yourself, or like just your yourself has to be one complete thing all the time. And it's like yeah. people are nuanced, people are layered. And in, in the same way that you wouldn't talk to your, I don't know, well. I wouldn't talk to my mother in the same way that I would talk to a barber if I met him. So, like, obviously that's quite an extreme. But like, <laughs> that's a really, really rogue The, the, the only thing that made me think of that is because I remember 
reading that something that Obama said how he met uh, met you know mm. shook hands with a, a toddler mm. who and he was so taken with the way that this toddler spoke to him I can't remember what the toddler said or something mm. but like he was Obama was saying it was clearly exactly how this little boy would have spoken to his mother mm. and his friends mm. and there's this beautiful like unawareness of any kind of adjustment of personality and obviously mm. there is beauty in that and there is beauty of like not being aware that you have to act differently with anyone but also i i don't think that means that it's presentation is unbeautiful no. i think that presentation and and um deliberate presentation is an extremely powerful thing that i love to harness the fact that i have this power to adjust how i present myself and and how that can have an effect on your mood totally and how others think of you and you're in control of how you appear to the world and and how you think of yourself and yeah that's my favorite thing is both, is both of us sitting down our legs crossed opposite directions and we're both looking up at nothing but it looks <laughs> it looks very artistic it, it looks, looks like really someone's cool. designed it yeah i like that one a lot actually this is gonna be a really interesting part of the recording yeah. It's just us vaguely going, Oh, that's a nice one, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Yeah. We we're looking we're, we're looking, looking happy. Fine and happy. We are looking That's the thing, it's just the joy of it. And like I just can't imagine having done it before. And if I looked at these photos when I was younger, I would have found so much to feel oh. shit about in them. I got yeah. Yeah. I but like they're kind that. of quite childlike poses. They're like if they kids are. posed. This is very childlike of you, yeah. I think, because it's very just... Because there's no essence of pose about it. You're standing with like you dead know, your straight. two feet planted. Mm. And you just look... Your head's slightly tilted. And you just look straight at the camera and there's nothing. Yeah. There are no... There's no, no trace of the trickery. Uh, you, no, you know I mean? yeah. I don't trickery mean tri- done, Martha yeah, did sorry, uh, little did. air quotes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> video podcast. Yeah, we should. Um, God, all these plans. Um, <laughs> Let's just yeah, have I a TV show. Trickery and air quotes, but I mean like the little like shticks and tips yeah, yeah, yeah. that one tends Ways to of angling yourself and... Oh, this is... They're, so they're, throughout looking at these photos, there have been like these beautiful ones where we've clearly broken into laughter. It was mostly about like someone Swipers. walking past yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or just us looking at each other being like oh god i stepped what? in a puddle like <laughs> oh god this is so weird and yeah. it's just these unbridled moments of like pure like just laughter yeah and then and just i oh. see your boobs look amazing in that one. Oh, thank you oh yeah they're very teardrop shape aren't they yeah mm. yeah good on me these and there's the, the hand-holding ones. ones. Which little kitties. So, so now, yeah, we're both sort of facing just directly straight on. Mm. And to the camera and just holding hands. And, yeah, it's so wonderful. These oh, we're so adorable. sweet. Look at us. These are some of my... I mean, they're, I've said that about so many. Like, I, I love them all. They're all my favourites. But these ones are very... These ones make me feel the strongest, I think. And they make me feel the most powerful yeah even if they're not you know the badass ones of you know us looking over our shoulder like you what mm. because they are the ones where we're just standing i think they're the most the most ourselves the most because it's the end of the whole thing as well yeah and it's like we've accomplished this and you can tell we're happy to have to have done this and yeah and there was this feeling of it drawing to a close and we're like i think i think we're done 
Yeah, they're cute. Yeah, and I, and I think these ones of us just standing hand in hand, it's such like a thing of, yes, solidarity over body positivity and all that, but like, also because I did this thing with my friend. Yeah, it was, it was this really, bond, really significant bonding moment. Also, um, just as like a final thing, about feelings afterwards. Yes. Feelings post photo shoot. I think it's very significant that the first thing that both of us wanted to do was just to show everyone pride. Yeah. Pride. Uh, pride both in the fact that I had done it and I'd accomplished this, and it was yeah. something that I've always wanted to do. To, I've I thought always really wanted fun. to do these. I see people mm. doing photo shoots but and stuff, and I'm also, just like, oh yeah. my god, I just want to do that. But pride in these photos and yeah. pride that I have this evidence of this confidence and. This is the thing. I think it's like do. this kind of marker of a of a very very long process that we were both doing separately and then joined up at very similar times. Yeah, and then very it just fortunate it, that we've aligned. <clears throat> exactly, and that we. We're both doing all of this work by ourselves to accept ourselves. And then the decision to do the photo shoot was very quick. We sort of decided in the space of a few days that we were going to do it, set a date and then just did it. Because I think we both established that we'd always wanted to do it. And I think we both wanted to do it quickly so we couldn't back out. Yeah, exactly. But the process leading up to it has been a very, very long one. And so these photos aren't just like this moment or... This is how we look in this moment, but it's kind of, it's this marker of the whole thing. And when I look at these photos, I think of the whole thing from long before I had any need for body positivity and from my mum hating her body. And all of that for me is tied up in this. And the year that I spent hating my body, even though I was probably pretty much exactly the same weight and looked pretty, I reckon I probably look pretty similar. I've I've hated my body in all its forms. I've hated my body when it was prepubescent and chubby. I've mm-hmm. hated my body when I was, you know, very slim and I just felt I was that one hair shy of perfection. I've hated my body when I was bigger than this size that I'm looking at. And it, <clears> there's <throat> no there's no standard for feeling insecure and looking at this. And knowing that I was in a place that I accepted this. But when I took these photos, I was very accepting of my body. And when I first saw them, I was very accepting of my body. And no matter how I feel about my body in the future, I can't make myself look at this and feel bad about it. No. Because I felt good doing it. Yeah. And I and felt that conveys. good after it. And and I think that, yeah. And, and it will always be an image of positivity and confidence totally yeah it's kind of just a cool thing and an empowering thing to have done and I'm so proud that we did it and I and now we have these photos and even if I never got to see these photos ever again I I still would remember them and remember the fact that I'd done it and know that I was capable of that and it has improved my image of myself since i i look at these regularly these aren't yeah. something that exists in the past i i still come back to them and think god what a cool thing yeah. to have done and i feel really great about it but yeah like you're saying I, I really enjoy these photos as a marker of where i was at with my body and my confidence in that time and so i i want this to not be a singular thing that i do but i want to do it regularly and not okay maybe not like every week but i want to take times in my life to just 
mark them out with how I feel about myself in these mm-hmm. nude photo shoots. Cam FM, if you're listening, give us a podcast for more material like this. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for listening. If we choose to put this up, yes. Bye. Bye.